Well, good uh, morning and welcome to the Common Good Podcast on this Tuesday Politics Edition. It is, of course, uh, December 20th already. Hey, this is the day when I like to start saying hello darkness, my old friend. Because if you follow the winter solstice, if you keep up on it, uh, today and tomorrow are the least amount of sunlight in the Northern Hemisphere. Yep. It, if you feel like things have just been darker and darker every day since... June 20th? It's true. It's been getting shorter and shorter, the number of hours of daylight in the Northern Hemisphere. And that all changes after tomorrow. So if you like, you know, a late sunrise and an early sunset, today's your day. Because after tomorrow, yeah. it's just you know, all, the, it's all changing. I kind of feel like the light began to break yesterday. Not tomorrow. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> uh, morning uh, morning little, has broken. Little, little <laughs> preview morning. there of the uh, of, of conversation to come. You know, we uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about the January 6th commission today. The Diane is already committee. ready to go. She says, oh, yeah. and nothing yeah. will happen. I think in response to the title of this, which yeah. is uh, <laughs> the January 6th commission recommended criminal charges. <laughs> and nothing will happen. <laughs> Well, uh, we appreciate the optimism, Diane. You, you know, if if someone is just charged with a crime, that tends to not leave their life. You know, like it, it, people can't even remember if they were found guilty or not. You know, if you're just like at a trial <laughs> and everything, like how, how did that ever break? Because like I was, you know, think of the movie The Fugitive. Donald Trump was referred to the Justice Department by Congress. The only, pre I mean, this man has done things no president has ever done. Elected more Democrats than any other president, I think. And, you know, twice impeached and now a criminal referral. He is just really a little energizer bunny when it comes to his criminal activity. So yeah. that in and of itself might, uh, might have been, uh, you know, a, a lasting stain on the man's um, reputation. <laughs> Right. Quite I think yeah. so. Yep. <laughs> well, that landed with a thud, but it, it, that's a big deal because what does a are politician have? Are we jumping have? in? Are we just? What are we jumping in? Or are we jumping have? No, we're are still we, chit chatting oh, about the weather. Uh, okay. By the way, it's uh, it's sunny now. Finally, and it's eight forty two uh, Central Time. <laughs> the sun has finally come out here in Minnesota. How are things there in Arkansas, Rob? You know, it's gray. It's gray. Yeah. We are in that gray time. It's gray. It's high 30s you know and mm. just miserable um, oh. you know we don't have the joy of we uh, like we we get the cold mm. uh but we don't have the joy of like you know a foot of snow to cover yeah. the dirt and the gray and the yeah, sadness and mm -hmm. to you know paint everything <laughs> gloriously sadness. white uh, yeah but then again come february um you know it'll start to be warming up and yeah you know, looking better. Uh, but you know, we've, we are anticipating uh, a little bit of snow, uh, on Thursday, we're supposed to get a little bit of snow and here in Arkansas, a little bit of snow is enough to, uh, you know, shut everything down. Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. If I was ever to, uh, run for mayor of Springdale, Arkansas, I think my, uh, I, the platform I would run on would be, uh, snow removal equipment. Uh, because invest in at least one those those uh, three days plow. of the year they're gonna thank yeah. mayor ryersey yeah that's right but it, you know who curse you the kids the kids yeah, who say seriously. school used to be canceled on these days and then mayor ryersey oh came no, 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 in no. his big the fancy snowplow 
No, I, I, Doug, you you don't have school age kids, so you don't know this. Snow days are a thing of the past. Um, this is one of the thing. Because they go online. Killed, COVID killed snow days. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, schools. Yeah, yeah. They have. They like, can just yeah. pivot to go online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah. Yes. Snow days are a thing of the past. Yeah, COVID killed snow days. Breaking news here. That's what you run on right there. You say bring back the snow days. (laughs) Bring back real snow days. (laughs) No, but when when we get get zero parent votes. That's right. When we get three flakes of snow in the air, uh, it will shut down our entire. Do you have a snow day? Follow-up question. It will shut well, down our entire town. Do, what does Ted Cruz do with his daughters who, when it gets icy snow days and they have to go off mm-hmm. to Cancun because it's just so hard to live through the icy days? You remember this two they years ago? Yeah, I don't, from we're not the kids. We're not the kids on Cancun when everybody's days are we? Yeah, yeah, because he flew his girls to Cancun when yeah. all of Texas was freezing and everything was shutting down and the pipes were breaking and they caught him at the airport and he said, well, you know, when your daughter's really just kind of keep leaning on you about going to Cancun, what do you do? Yeah. yeah. He had yeah. to get out of town because there, no, there was no school and there was nothing for him to do and they were bored to death. Yeah. I, I don't know what would become of people yeah, like What this. are your options? Yeah. yeah what for what sure. do you do now? Well, but we're anticipating uh, congratulations some snow on your and announcement. Will, yeah. Mr. Mayor, uh, is this uh, a... Yeah, uh, (laughs) let's do this. Let's let's do it. You know, Mm -hmm. the idea that you run for mayor of a town called Springdale uh, is just like some Simpsons knockoff uh, cartoon in the making. Well, Springfield. I know, I know, but you're running for Springdale. That's what makes it the knockoff. No, no, I'm not running. No, I'm not. You just said it as it was like a state of complete. No, I'm not. No, I'm not running for mayor of Springdale. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not hosting this podcast today. Dan, how are things in Michigan looking out there? They, yeah, we, are bracing for impact they keep warning us that uh thursday and friday are just we're gonna get hit by Mm -hmm. feet of snow bombs they're already like preparing to cancel school by like moving holiday parties to earlier in the week and stuff like which i feel is a bit presumptuous it's usually when they hype up a winter storm it totally never comes through yeah right but Boy, the, the cats in the weather center, man, they are ready yeah. to go. They've yep. got themselves. I mean, bomb cyclone. Down. What a what a phrase that is. Have you, uh, like, <laughs> Did you have those growing up? Because I no, don't remember no, anything they, that I cool. I feel like they just make stuff up. Just yeah. make it up. Yeah. Last year we words, had some thunder words. snow. Did you guys oh, have yeah. any thunder Yeah, we've, had, we've yeah. had thunder snow here in Arkansas. Yeah. Yeah, but they have new graphics for all of them. Yeah. Uh, all right, so let's let's talk politics here. We're, yeah. we're in that real in between period, right? Where people who won their elections a month and a half ago are getting themselves ready. People that lost their elections or didn't rerun are uh, just winding down and ready yeah. to leave office. A lot of state offices, a lot of uh, county uh, elected officials will be finishing up here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, obviously. You know, the, the, the Congress is going to swap out. When is it this year? Is it is it January 3rd, 4th? I'm when not, is, when I, is the new Congress? One sure. of those days in there. Yeah. Um, so all, you know, we're and we're in that in-between time. But we're also learning a lot of things about people that ran for office. And Rob, when you sent this little text last night, and then I saw a news story on MSNBC about this, 
this congressman elect from New York, Long Island, part of New York, Mm -hmm. is apparently just an absolute fictional person. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let real. me. Uh, let, maybe if folks aren't familiar with this story, this is a this is a story that broke in the New York Times yesterday about um, about George Santos, who was elected um, to Congress uh, in New York and Long Island. Uh, let me let me just let me just read a little bit of the story. Uh, to folks, George Santos, whose election to Congress on Long Island last month helped Republicans clinch a narrow majority in the House of Representatives, built his candidacy on the notion that on the notion that he was the full embodiment of the American dream and was running to safeguard it for others. His campaign biography amplified his storybook journey. He's the son of Brazilian immigrants, the first openly gay Republican to win a House seat as a non-incumbent. By his account, he he catapulted himself from a New York City public college to become a seasoned Wall Street financier and investor with a family-owned real estate portfolio of 13 properties and an animal rescue charity that saved more than 2,500 dogs and cats. That's a nice touch. What a guy. Wow. Incredible. Nice touch. Congratulations. A New York York Times review of public documents and court filings from the United States and Brazil, as well as various attempts to verify claims that Mr. Santos, 34, made on the campaign trail, calls into question key parts of the resume that he sold to voters. (laughs) Basically, he made it all up. Namely, everything. City Group and Goldman Sachs, the marquee Wall Street firms that Mr. Santos campaigned. He didn't go to... uh, Barak College that he claimed to go to, little evidence that Friends of Pets United um, was ever a tax-exempt organization, questions about where his salary came from, his $750,000 salary, the the company that he, that he now runs re- has reported uh, earnings that are exactly in the same range of the uh, salary he has reported. And, you know, there's a number of things from, you know, he was arrested in Brazil for uh, stealing a checkbook and uh, and fraudulently using a, a, a checkbook from someone at the very same time that he claimed to be in college in, in New York. He, you know, he was... He was out of money and was being evicted from an apartment, and uh, and d- it, during that same time, he held a fundraiser for the uh, for the um, the animal rescue charity that he had, and then never del- like the beneficiaries of the fundraiser never got the money that was oh, promised wow. to them. Of course, um, you know, uh, just on and on and on. He claimed on Twitter yeah. to be a to be a landlord and yet there's no evidence that he's ever owned any property anywhere. I mean, just on and on and on and on. And, and here's the thing, you know, again, so much of this stuff and and we see this with Donald Trump too. There's one thing of like, you've got the, you've got the bluster and the exaggeration. Okay. He got caught exaggerating his resume. What's the harm in that? Okay. We're going to make fun of him a little bit for it, but like, come on, it's not the end of the world. And then, and then the problem is you file legal documents. Yeah. This is with the IRS. You file financial disclosure forms with the house 
um, uh, the House of Representatives, when you are elected, when you're running for office, and when you're elected, uh, you have to you have to tell the truth when you file with the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, uh, your fundraising reports, and and there's you know how, how much you've loaned your campaign from your own funds, where that money came from, all of this stuff are legally binding documents, and. And this guy, like, it's one thing to exaggerate a bit on your, you know, y- your uh, your Tinder profile or even <laughs> your campaign website. When you exaggerate on legally binding documents with the IRS, with the with the House of Representatives, with the FEC, um, you know, then whole you, territory. It's a yeah. whole different ball of wax. Yeah, and. And there's just a big question about where did all the money come from? And exactly. he made a bunch of trips to Florida mm-hmm. and spent a bunch of money just right up from Mar-a-Lago. And he, so, so here's the wild thing about this. This guy won his election in a seat that had been previously held by a Democrat who chose not mm-hmm. to run for re-election. He also ran in 2020 yeah. on the same resume and lost and then ran again in 2022 and won. How is it possible that the sitting congressperson who he ran against in 2020 when he lost, that his team didn't do any opposition research on this guy to find this out? (laughs) Do they not really say like, hey, you went to this college. Let's find some people that went to college with you and just kind of see what's up. Or let's uh, check the property that you say that you own and see if, you know, you're you're following landlord rules. Let's uh, let's check at your work situation and find out if it's uh, reasonable. Nobody who rented to him and then had two different times had to file evictions because he couldn't pay his rent. No one, none of those people saw him on the news. None of those people saw that he's running for Congress and saying, I'm a millionaire who was a Wall Street financier. How does this happen over three or four years of a span of time? And the system doesn't flesh this out that this, that all of this doesn't, because it's, it's not one thing, it's the entire story. Mm-hmm. He didn't go to the college. He didn't work at the places. He doesn't own the properties. All he things. Yeah, he didn't run the charity. You know? <laughs> he didn't yeah. run the charity. So yeah. what? How? I, I truly don't under. I mean, I yeah. good for the New York Times, right? Spending some time and and hunting around and putting out this big expose in classic New York Times fashion, like. We're not saying the man fabricated it. We're just saying there's no evidence that any of it's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just he the most seems to have misrese- misrepresented <laughs> yeah. a number yes. of his career highlights. It appears that he like, might not be totally honest in every way. Yes. So, the, separate from okay, what are they going to do? Is it possible that this person could have an ethics violation, or that McCarthy decides he's not going to seat him as a member of the caucus, or that he's ultimately going to resign the seat that he was elected to, and then what becomes of the seat? Okay, all that complication. But there's another side of just the due diligence of yeah. the, his Democratic yeah. opponents. Yeah, truly, I don't understand that. Yeah. How, how you can get away with it? Yeah, I'm, I'm this t- level of just bluffing, and no one, uh, yeah, a- a- ever like tracked the guy and said, <laughs> yeah. "Oh no, I, look, I followed him home. He lives with you know. He doesn't yeah. live. He yeah. doesn't. 
It's exactly like the movie Catch Me If You Can. We were talking about this before we got on air, but it's Leonardo DiCaprio and Catch Me If You Can just blustering his way through, you know, all of a sudden he's a congressman and no one calls his bluff until it's too late. And now he's he's in. I mean, Doug, I I have... I mean, it's, I have worked on campaigns where I have done opposition research. I, uh, uh-huh. you know, I, I, I did some work on a, uh, on a gubernatorial campaign, um, for a, uh, for a, a candidate that was running against someone who has a, a rather famous father. And, uh, I, I dug up some stuff. I found some stuff that I thought yeah. the campaign ought to use, um, and it was just, you know, just spent some time, like trying to connect the dots. And um, I have look, I, and I have I have worked with organizations that have that have um, endorsed congressional candidates. And before all of those endorsement calls, or before all of those endorsements, I, as the executive director of that organization, would have a call with a candidate, and I would say, "Listen, um, you know." before we go public with this, this is like mm-hmm. the final gut check. Mm-hmm. Is there anything I need to know? Mm-hmm. Like, is there anything that... Right, what's true? <laughs> this is the this is the skeletons in the closet question. And, you know, I had some hilarious things told to me. I had a candidate tell me that in college, she was the the front person of a punk band that had the f word in its in its name i had some i had a congressional candidate tell me that she was barred from going to the country of australia um because of because of her <laughs> nice. activism i had a candidate tell me that he was involved in an open marriage i mean it was like i i, mm-hmm. I, I had someone tell me that he spent time at rikers island um, and told me a whole story of how he was arrested and sent to Rikers. I, I mean, I was told some like, wow, kind of stories, none of which I thought, you know, none of which gave me any pause to, um, to um, say we, we shouldn't go forward with endorsements. But like you, like campaigns, you have these gut check moments where you've yeah. both, both for yourself and for your opponent. You know where you and and you're exactly right. Why no? Like, is there not a college student intern who's <laughs> spending some time doing some research? Like, th- this is the kind of stuff that you can figure out in a few hours. Yes, and you're absolutely right. And frankly, I mean, my disappointment you know, with New York Democrats and their ability to pull. This is one of the seats in New York that they lost. They caused control yep. of the House of Representatives to move to the Republicans. Yeah, Th- this is one of like four. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is what did it. Yep. They they would not look. I, I've been a landlord, actually, literally true. I have filed eviction notices against people, eviction notices, and then later claims for unpaid rent are legal documents. If you do a internet search of Representative George Santos's name in New York, that's going to come up. <laughs> that there was a legal judgment against him. This is why as a landlord, when you run background checks on people, you find out that there was you know, an unlawful yes. detainer is the, the technical term for it. The idea that this guy had two different eviction notices and claims one more than $10,000 of unpaid rent, one of $2,500 of unpaid rent, that that didn't show up. He ran for Congress twice and won 
and people weren't doing the basic level of, has he ever been charged with a crime? Any legal documents that have his name attached to him? Anything like this is so unbelievable to me. Now, maybe they did know it and they tried to get it out and nobody cared. I don't know that. I mean, the New York Times article doesn't doesn't go into that. It seems to suggest that this is the first time that, that they've known about yeah. it. But I would imagine that if voters in that Long Island district saw that the guy was in whole yeah. cloth fabricating a background. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the only thing missing from this from this biography is military service, right? Um, and I, I mean, and that's what that's what you know. No pun intended here. Torpedoed the campaign of uh, of a guy in Ohio who was running a very tight campaign against uh, Marcy Captor in um, mm-hmm. in in you know the Northwest Ohio corner. Very tight campaign to the point that we were talking about going there and doing some events on behalf mm-hmm. of Marcy to help her win reelection. And then a couple of weeks before uh, election day, the news broke that he had fabricated his military service story. He had made it all up. Wow! And his campaign was over. It yeah. was over. Yep. Uh, well, there's there's things you can lie about. Uh, military service is not one of them. Yeah, running a pet charity, you can <laughs> it's lie not about one of that. Them. That's, no, that's actually no. one that you can get away no, with. Well, I apparently, don't know. Apparently, no, I the don't. guy. <laughs> well, I mean, that's I, what I'm getting at. The man yeah. lied about this very thing. And nobody really checked on that. Right? And if that uh, had become public, I don't think that would have been a deal breaker for voters. <laughs> yeah, oh, I do. I do. I think. Listen, people and their pets, man. People and their pets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. These are these are Republican voters. Um, yeah, look, sure. the, and the guy put together a package of like who he is, right? He's like, hey, I'm, I'm Brazilian, but my mom is Jewish. So now I'm a immigrant, Jewish, gay, Republican, but he also hangs around with the white supremacists and went to the white supremacists meetings. So this like, oh, Republicans are going to now vote for a guy who's so unusual and so unique. And it's only these unique candidates that are going to make all of this possible for him to win in a in a, what's been a typical democratic district. But something happened in New York across the board where voter turnout didn't manifest itself the way it did in the rest of the country. And that is so shocking in a state that for all of the issues that we believed were at the center of motivating voters, that people in New York and around yeah. the city, I'm not even talking about outstate New York, in out, out New York, uh, upper state New upstate. York. Upstate. Upstate, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, talking about like, in and around the city, you know, this mm-hmm. guy in Long Island, uh, the, the the other guy over in Queens, like people losing mm-hmm. these seats where voter turnout didn't happen in places where there should be a solid yeah. turnout yes. mechanism. And instead, they can't even do the basic things like the person yeah. running the, the you know, the House uh, uh, re-election committee loses. And uh, this this person who's not only totally unqualified, but lied about it. So mm-hmm. that's the kind of thing that is is uh, utterly stunning. And then to your larger point, Rob, the number of candidates who totally fabricate things about their background when running for office is is stunning to me. Stunning and shocking. <laughs> yeah, you had Herschel Walker just making stuff up about being a Texas Ranger or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> be yeah. a sheriff. I've got a real badge. They gave it to me. 
it, it, I, yeah. Mehmet Oz saying that he's, you know, from Pennsylvania or lives in Pennsylvania. People <laughs> Just and, and basic Herschel Walker stuff like that, yeah. lying about like misrepresenting where they live. Where these are just the most basic. The, so I, I don't know. There is there is something in our political system that just seems that this highlights just how yeah. wacky and it it's is just, that people can pull all this stuff off. I don't get it. I don't know if people are still just catching up to like how brazenly people lie and just can't imagine someone lying about something so easily yeah. verifiable. Like, oh, there's Google yeah. search and you can yeah. check that this yeah. is false, but no yes. one bothered um, to do that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you go to a public university, like that, uh, it's Freedom of Information Act. Like anybody can find out if you actually went there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like this is not private information. Yeah, it's uh, it's remarkable. But, you know, we've, we had a, we had four years of time where uh, it seemed like you could lie with impunity and get away with it. Um, and, and, and now m maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe the chickens are coming home to roost. Maybe we're maybe a, maybe a new day is dawning. Maybe the maybe the uh, the the sun is rising on integrity and honesty in America again because the January sixth committee has recommended to the Department of Justice that, that Donald J. Trump, the ex president, be charged with four criminal four acts. counts. Yeah, four criminal acts, um, including the big one, inciting an insurrection. Um, you know, this was, you know, we, and we watched it live and commented yesterday, um, and encouraged folks to jump on the YouTube channel and 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 watch that thing in its entirety because it's a it's a thing of beauty. If uh, if you ever want to know what you know what Doug and I and, and Dan would be texting each other during something like this, you can just watch on YouTube because yeah. we, uh, you know, we just, instead of if texting, you want to watch a man eat lunch it. while he watches a uh, congressional hearing. Yeah. It's yeah. over on our YouTube channel. Please. Oh, it's fantastic. And <laughs> it is there much better going on for this one. No, or? I was going to say it's much better than the one in which I got drunk. Um, and that happened. Well, that was a Trump statement that, that, that was mm. different. That, that, that was like eggnog moment for you. That, oh, that, it is. That, that, oh, it's so deeply embarrassing, but you know, if anybody wants to go find that one, you can too. Um, but listen, this was huge news yesterday from the January 6th committee. Um, you know, referring to the Department of, of Justice and particularly uh, what we think will happen with that will go to Jack Smith, who's the special counsel investigating Donald Trump, um, that that we will finally have some uh, justice meted out for what happened on January 6th and the insurrection that took place. I don't know. We're now a few hours after this happening. How are you, how are you both feeling about, uh, about things? The, my expectations are, I'm trying to modulate them because I don't think ultimately that the country is going to feel like justice was delivered. I think this is going to feel closer to a, a little mini version of the South African Truth and Reconciliation Committee, mm. where mm. it wasn't about retribution and it wasn't about punishment. It wasn't even about uh, prevention of an individual from doing it again. It was bad things happened in our nation systemically, and we need to talk about those things so that we can all be freed from that 
as as the only possible you know repeating pattern. So I think it's going to be. I think that that's the value of this. I think to focus on will these same details be turned into an indictment, and an indictment then will go to charges that will ultimately end up in court before a judge and a jury. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I think the Justice Department is going to be in a constant negotiation with the former president because he is the former president. And truth be told, every person needs to be treated justly and fairly. And one of the realities of a person having been a president of the United States is that the country expects them to be offered a certain amount of courtesy deference. Mm -hmm. and yeah. deference. Yeah. And, and so that's factored in. It's just factored in, right? I mean, you, you can pick all your reasons and say that, you know, equal justice means every single person is treated the same. Look, we know that children are not treated the same as adults, right? We know that a, a person with a, with dementia who does who has does an action is not treated the same way as someone without dementia right there's all kinds of factors that play into a, a decision about how someone's going to be responded to a former president committing crimes while president that is something that the country deals with on a very rare basis and to and there's a lot at stake beyond that so what's the value of the Justice Department? Now, I think at this point, the Justice Department has to put together some kind of an indictment and something has to move forward because now you can't leave this information out there. I heard a great analogy about this yesterday. They said, look, um, if you have video footage of a crime being committed and you put that up on the internet, now we can all imagine times where that happened, right? Uh, I think about George mm -hmm. Floyd being murdered by a Minneapolis police officer a few miles from where I'm sitting and the, the young 16-year-old girl who shot that video, when she released that on the internet, that didn't have any obligation for the state of Minnesota to press charges against the officer who killed George Floyd, right? Didn't force them to do it. But once everybody saw that video, they were like, you had better do something. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, it forced it to happen, not because there was a technical requirement that made it happen, but because once a prosecutor sees that kind of evidence, they're like, oh, we're going to dig down deeper on this and something's yep. going to happen. So this idea, yeah, the January 6th committee can't force the Justice Department. But what they did is they put all this stuff out in, in public. And now the Justice Department also has to weigh that. They have to weigh, okay, now people know what Trump did. They've literally listened to the audio. Mm -hmm. And now, now what are they going to do? Yeah. So... Yeah, this is the conundrum that now the country is in, and it's not. Yeah. the committee did the right thing. That's that. That's what they had to do. But I think the answer moving forward here is not as simple as 
well, then you just, you know, you have an indictment and you get a grant, you get a grand jury and an indictment and then you arrest the man and then you set a court lock date and then you, and you lock, lock him up. Him up. Lock <laughs> like him that's, up. that's, yeah. This, this is frankly, this is not how most arrests even work for, right. for all kinds of crimes, federal crimes over the top, 90, 98, some percentage, some high, high, high percentage of all federal crimes never go to trial. Right. Because yeah. that's not how the system, that, because yeah. that's how the system is designed, is to deal with them without going to trial. So right. how is this right. all going to play out? I don't know. But the public's well, eyes are now open to this, and there's yeah. just no going back. Yeah. Yep. Now, Donald Trump has, has begun his defense um, in the court of public opinion. We'll yep. see how that goes. Um, there's two things I want to talk about. One is the defense that he's actually making, and then the other is the defense that he should make. So- this is the defense that he is making. This is what Donald Trump um, fake tweeted, or I mean, what what is it? A truth? truth. He truthed truth it. it. This is his truth that he posted uh, yesterday. Uh, and leaving the, you know, incorrect use of capitalization aside, uh, this, is, this is what he said. The fake charges made by the highly partisan unselect committee of January 6th. Unselect. Zing. <laughs> have already been... un in front of things, and I'm rubber, you're glue. Legal responses. It's unbelievable. <laughs> the, the fake charges made by the highly partisan unselect committee of January 6th have already been submitted, prosecuted, and tried in the form of impeachment hoax number two. I won convincingly. Double (laughs) jeopardy, anyone? No, no. (laughs) Double (laughs) jeopardy, anyone? Donald Trump. Oh, my gosh. Donald Trump is making the double jeopardy argument that he was already tried uh, on this. Now, you know, maybe for those that don't know, uh, you know, the double jeopardy is this idea that you can't be tried for the same cr- crime twice in the same court, the, in the same, in the same court. You know, you might, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, people get tried for the same crimes all the time when they're like, it's a state crime and it's a federal crime. This happens right. on a regular, but anyway, yeah. it's different jurisdictions. <sighs> yes. Um, but it's the same idea As that like the, the government can't say, oh, well, you know, we should have made the argument this way. And so we're going to try you again, and yeah. and and you know make a different argument. It's basically like they get one shot, and you know it's the presumption of innocence and and all of that. It, it's basically a check on you know a, a, the overreach of a of a of a government. It has nothing to do with this. No, no, it's, it's nothing. nothing to do with it. Nothing. The impeachment trial was not a court of law. It was an impeachment trial. Yeah, like this and, and especially because, as he called it, it was an impeachment hoax. So it wasn't a real impeachment trial. So therefore, <laughs> it can't be for <laughs> swing at the Jeopardy. It's just oh, the and man I don't think is, he won. I don't think he won convincingly either. If if I'm not mistaken, didn't he have more votes cast against him 
cast in favor of his impeachment than any president has ever received. Yes. Yet yes. another one of the records that Donald Trump holds. <laughs> Record um, setting. I mean, now, so I, this I will is, say this. This is the defense that he's making, which is, you know, from the legal mind of Donald Trump, which is absolutely hilarious. Um, I just I just think it's so funny. I will say that that he, that he is right about the highly partisan nature. I mean, you just have to be blunt and honest about this that there were I don't know hundreds of interviews. We saw dozens and dozens of them. Yep. All of the people interviewed, all of the testimony, Republicans. The head of the <laughs> the, the, the vice partisan, chair, yeah. the most conservative Republican that we you could almost find in Congress in Liz Cheney. So yeah, yeah it was super partisan. Yeah, that absolutely. They there were His almost no Democrats party. that even testified at all. I mean, that, yeah, it was it was Republican, 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 Republican. But even though it was that partisan, I still think the the, yeah. the results are are, are yeah. accurate, are accurate and honest. Now, so now this is the defense that Donald Trump is making. I want to talk about the defense that I think he should make. So the argument that was made and. It, I've got some real reservations about this and some real questions about like, why didn't the committee talk about this? Yeah. Um, the committee presented a narrative that Donald Trump invited the mob to Washington, D.C., incited them to violence, told them to fight like hell, wanted to lead them to the Capitol himself and, and ultimately didn't, but sent them to the Capitol and then for 187 minutes remained silent and while violence was happening and the Capitol was stormed um, and, you know, all of that was taking place. And finally he sent a message reluctantly in which he's told his followers that he loved them, but he told them to, you know, ultimately to go home. And that's what caused them to go home that, and because yeah. They came because he called them and they left because he told them to leave. Yeah. And they made the argument over and over and over again throughout is this 187 minutes of silence when he sat in the 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 White House dining room throwing ketchup and plates against the wall and watching on TV what was happening. That's the narrative that was presented. Uh, 187 minutes of dere dereliction of duty. Now, because Donald Trump's uh, Twitter account has been reinstated by by Elon Musk, um, I was able to 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 go on his Twitter account and look at his tweets from January sixth. And these are two of his tweets from January sixth, one thirty eight p.m., which might be two thirty eight Eastern time. Uh, these these might be showing up as, as Central time for me. Um, but he tweeted this: "Please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful." And then at 2.13 p.m., might be 3.13 p.m. Again, I'm not sure about the time zones. Um, he tweeted, I am asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. So if I'm Donald Trump and his legal team, I'm making the argument that, wait a minute, First of all, you're saying that these people are mind-numb robots who are just going to do anything I, I tell them to do. They came to D.C. because I told them to. 
they fought like hell because I told them to, and they left the Capitol because I told them to. Well, here's two examples of me telling Mm -hmm. them to stay peaceful and to not use violence. Why didn't they listen to that? And secondly, you've created this narrative that I had 187 minutes of dereliction of duty where I didn't say anything. Here's two examples where I actually said, stay peaceful, respect law enforcement, don't like no violence, mm-hmm. you know. So I think these two tweets really significantly undercut the argument that the committee has made and 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 really challenged the narrative. It's curious to me that we didn't know about that I didn't pay that much attention to them uh, and know about. I think now, you know, when you sent them yesterday, I feel like, boy, maybe I looked on Twitter while that was all happening and saw yeah. that. Trump had written that. And there was a bunch of other stuff before it about the ellipse and everything. So that's interesting that they didn't bring that up. If if this was a combative, you know, legal proceeding, which would be mm-hmm. true of all the evidence that the January 6th committee has brought, right? Every every piece of evidence they would bring, the defense would bring it a counter argument to that. Yep. Yep. Not Donald Trump style, where they would say the unselect committee or you know, right. the unevidence yeah. that you brought. But they would create another story. So that's what you do in a, that's what lawyers do in a, in a trial and so on. So they're going to persuade a jury as to which, which story you're going to believe. These don't actually help though, because what they're going to say is, okay, at 138, you had concern that there was going to be violence. Why did you have this concern that there was going to be violence? Oh, that's that's interesting. I was th- th- this is this is this is what I was the nice nice headline. So the headline Dan just put up is Trump did not want to tweet "Stay peaceful" during the January sixth riot. <laughs> key key former age. The, the, the second thing I was going to say. Okay, so one is yeah. you had concerns. What did you respond? Secondly, is did you type those tweets? Okay. Now to your point, Rob, that doesn't change anything about the fact that if just putting out a statement is what people are responding to, someone wouldn't know if he wrote them or not. So the argument that they're mindless robots, foot soldiers, he's the general, they clearly did not follow his orders. Now now we're into it right at the you know climax of a few good men. Did you or did you not order the uh, code red on Private Santiago, because if people listen to what you say, why was he in any jeopardy? Right, that that whole bit from that great movie. Mm-hmm. The third problem, though, with this is first being you saw there was a problem. Second, did you really write it? The third was why didn't you write anything after two thirteen p.m.? Mm-hmm. Why did you stop writing things? So if you thought it was important to say this. When the violence became evidence, uh, evident, why didn't you continue to write anything? So in that sense, it doesn't, this is what's going to happen in the, in the conflictual environment, mm-hmm. right? And if there's mm-hmm. some, some trial. But I think you're right that the committee should have balanced those statements with what happened once the violence, if, if that's the point that they're making, that mm-hmm. he didn't act once the violence had started. Because the thing that's confusing here is that here's a guy who is saying, take down the mag- magnetrometers, am I saying that right? The, the metal yeah. detectors, because people won't come closer to the my speech because they're carrying weapons, and he knows that. And he's like, take yeah. down the, take down yes. the metal detectors. Because they're so not they here to hurt me. Yeah, because they're not here to hurt me. <laughs> yeah. um, 
And he then grabs the steering wheel and tries to redirect the car to go to the Capitol against the wishes of the Secret Service and a physical altercation. They don't want him to go because it's dangerous. So now you have a climate in which Trump is admitting something about it being dangerous. So th this is... Um, yeah. This is th this is what what's going to go on, but it's a really good reminder from you that look, a trial is going to be different than a hearing. Yeah, when the defense is going to stir up all kinds of stuff like this and say, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. um, you this isn't the only information, and and maybe it's confusing, and maybe you don't understand this. So so this is this yeah. is what's going to happen in a in any and, kind of a trial and listen which I is am, not going to serve anyone well especially no. not Donald Trump I mean can you imagine yeah. if that guy then had to get on the stand if 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 there's an indictment brought and he's like I now have to uh we're, we're now gonna because as soon as you start using his words like that now they get to cross-examine him and oh my gosh it's just <laughs> that would be wild it's, it's uh, <laughs> As unthinkable as the Trump administration has been and the Trump presidency and the debacle that he has brought to the United States of America, that would be un, uh, unthinkable. Yeah. Him <laughs> in a court of law for his life having to answer the questions that a prosecutor is asking him under oath. I mean, that is just totally and completely unthinkable that this guy could pull that off. Yeah. I just, I think it's important to recognize that, that there are alternative narratives out there mm -hmm. that, you know, for many of us who have followed all of this and who are absolutely horrified by Donald Trump, we still can't imagine that anyone would support him. We still can't, like, we can't yeah. conceive of it. It's just like, what in the world? And at the same time, there's people who will, who will make justifications. And, and I just want folks to be aware that, you know, as we head into the holiday season <laughs> and you're with your Trump supporting uncle, be ready for him to point out that Trump tweeted, hey, no violence, stay peaceful. Yeah. Um, because he did. He did. And like we that it's an yeah. inconvenient truth that needs to be incorporated into the story. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. no, for sure. And and I don't even think it, I think it should just be incorporated in. It is yeah. He tweeted something and then with the power given to him as the president, he did not use that power to enforce peace. Why yeah. didn't he do so? Yeah. And as I've said lots of times, if he believed, as he said, that this was Antifa doing it, <laughs> then it's even more confusing why he doesn't want yeah. to stop Antifa. Why does yeah. Donald Trump want to allow Antifa to attack the Capitol? Is a question that I don't know why that can't be answered. <laughs> if that's because he didn't then act. So tweeting about it is not enough. And, and to say, as people often do, he 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 said nothing and did nothing. He didn't in the 187 minutes from when they start a clock to, you know, when they finish. He said a lot of things before it, you know, and a lot of confusing messages uh, on all of this. Yeah. The, the, the other thing, Rob, that, that gets me about this, um, the whole story, I've watched the video of the insurrectionists in the Senate chamber praying this prayer when they've taken over the Capitol building. Yeah. 
we've we've seen it. People can find it online. It's it's brutal to watch. One of the lines, two, two of the things that happen in it. One of them is one of the insurrectionists is talking to a police officer who's standing with them in the Senate chamber. And he's describing to him how far back the crowd goes and how many more people are coming. And they're just chit-chatting about it. And then the person leading the prayer, the, often referred to as the QAnon shaman, that guy has a line in his prayer where he says, thank you for giving the wisdom to these police officers for allowing us to come here. There is the very real violent, violent story of overthrowing the police brigades and yes. the lines and the and, and violent attack. And many times these people got in the building and ran into no resistance from those yeah. officers and yeah. they moved out of the way and ushered them through. Yes, And that's a piece of the story that is still not being told. And I'm not saying why there wasn't better protection or why they didn't do something, but not all of the insurrectionists were met with a force from the police force. Mm -hmm. And so this idea, hey, don't harm them. They're with us. They're going to let you all through. This is another narrative that when it was yes. happening, I remember saying like, yes, are, are, th are these Capitol Police in on this thing? Like, are they right. ushering? What is happening? Remember how confusing it all was? Yeah. Because it seemed nearly impossible. Even when you saw the live footage of them, the officers are just standing there, you mm -hmm. know? Now, mm -hmm. obviously, some people were beaten and all that. So the two things uh, right. are both true. Both of those realities were happening. It's a very big building. People were coming in multiple yeah. big doors yeah. and through windows. So there was a lot of conflicted, conflicted narratives. But this is another piece of it that somebody really should get to. And I hope that the Republicans will go down the road when they have control of the House or that the Senate will do it and start to investigate some of the other TikTok minute by minute happenings and how these people got in there and some investigation as to what their experience was. Because it's so his tweets might fit in that world, right? Mm. As uh, the, yeah. they're not the people you're going to attack, um, you know, and stay peaceful and just go in and, you know, and then that changed once they met some, some levels yep. of resistance. Yep. But you're right that yeah okay so Trump Trump did tweet before well, yeah he after, tweeted apparently this. after the, the <laughs> he tweeted uh, stay peaceful just 14 minutes after tweeting that Mike Pence had failed everybody and didn't get it done and that's so he he threw gas on the fire and then 14 minutes later some staff apparently were like you have to say something. Okay, so you're saying that the, the details of this are that after he tweeted, Mike Pence didn't do the right thing, and they all went bonkers. That's 14 minutes later is when he tweeted out the stay peaceful? Yeah. Okay, well, that's, that's, a, that's a really important point. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I just want us to be careful that we don't miss some of the nuance in the story because, like, because yeah. of our, because of our, dislike of Donald Trump. And I yeah, really, why do you think the you know there's they've been painting Trump as this mastermind of a political coup in a sense. Mm -hmm. I just don't think there was that much forethought into this. I don't there I think was he got away he got away from him. Yeah. I think it was 
we're going to march there, we're going to make a scene. Well, if Kellyanne Conway's comments reflect the reality, the next day when she said that yesterday was nuts, which is also not the way I'd characterize it, but she said, you know, I would say it was violent and it was insurrection, but she said it was nuts. And Trump's like, no, 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 they were just really upset. So it didn't even to him the next day or that afternoon, because the report of him leaving the portico, you know, walking through the portico and just still like not being bothered by what just happened in the Capitol uh, shows that his level of of uh, expectation about what would be a good outcome was not undone by mm-hmm. this violent activity. And yeah. that's... And that's concerning. But it is something that after all the times that we've heard 187 minutes dereliction of duty, they didn't do anything, that they don't say, other than sending one tweet, you know, 14 minutes into it or something, that's mm-hmm. all you did. That that just feels like something they should have been saying and should have been in the timeline the entire, you know, for, for the entirety of it. Because it's true, right? I mean, this is the point. The point yeah, is, I, just say the true things. Don't, don't not say mm-hmm. the true things. Right. Right. Know. That is that is perplexing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, so between you know, I mean, boy, we spent our day on like Republican frauds. Uh, oh, that's, oh, that's oh, 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 But there's that's one more. Thing. There's but there's one more. I mean, we talked about this already. That. You know, the uh, we talked about it yesterday. We've got all of these ongoing things with Donald Trump. We have got the the January sixth uh, committee, unselect mm-hmm. committee, making these recommendations <laughs> to the Department of Justice. We have uh, Special Counsel Jack Smith um, investigating Trump stealing um, um, classified documents. We've got mm-hmm. um, New York State uh, investigating Trump. We've got. Georgia and other states investigating Trump and, and ongoing, you know, election meddling things. We've got the Trump Trump organization l- losing bigly in court um, <laughs> through through tax fraud. And we have the House Ways and Means Committee who have oh, Donald yeah. Trump's taxes. And they are meeting today, apparently, to uh, vote on whether or not they're going to release Donald Trump's taxes to the public. This well, this is a return. huge, huge vote. If they make a determination that there's public interest that allows them to do something that would normally not be allowed uh, to happen, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which is any government official or anyone releasing someone else's taxes, that's that's going to be a major statement. Uh, that that there there would have to be something. They've seen all the taxes. There would have to be something in those taxes that make the release of those public interest for a person who's now no longer president and is just a well, private a, citizen. Uh, there's a going to be candidate. He is a presidential candidate, but the legal requirement of releasing someone's taxes is not that the person is a presidential candidate. There has to be a compelling public interest of some kind. And that this is what they're going to be debating that has something to do with why the committee would say, as a committee of the federal government, we make a determination that there's something of value here for the American people. That's going to be a major, major statement. So yeah. if they release them, there's something in them. 
that people will want will definitely be uh, thrilled to have to have learned. Oh, so oh, there's something in massive. <laughs> I mean, it's what we're going to learn is exactly what Michael Cohen. I, I remember when when Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was questioning Michael Cohen um, in some committee hearing, and and she was at and she was asking him about the practice that Donald Trump had of inflating his his mm-hmm. income to get on documents to get loans, inflating yep. the value of property to get loans, and then deflating the value of the property to avoid paying taxes. And basically mm-hmm. what he was doing is on the same on the same yeah. property, he was reporting its value in two different ways, contradicting itself. Um and and you know, she was asking him about this and he was describing this practice. And you know, clearly committing perjury, Donald Trump committing perjury on in either to the IRS or on these yeah. bank documents, both of which are legal documents. Again, going back to the Congressman Santos discussion, uh, you can't just lie on this stuff. You can't just right. exaggerate <laughs> on this stuff. You can't, you can't just say whatever you want. Uh, and so I think what we're going to see in these documents, it's going to be more than just the, you know, the, Oh, he paid so little in taxes, which most, which yeah. frankly, most people give a you know a hip hip hooray to, because just we smart. all yeah yeah we all want to figure out how to have like you know how to pay as little as possible. Mm-hmm. Like that's you know we all we all wish there's an aspirational thing of like we all wish we could you know find the loopholes. That's like there's mm-hmm. got to be more than just that. It's got to be that there's some kind of conflict of, uh, of interest, like yeah, he well, owes money he, to yes, conflict of interest, um, or tax or, fraud or bank fraud, or ta- tax fraud <laughs> or bank fraud. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but look, when somebody sure somebody's aspirationally going to say, I think it's great when you don't have to pay taxes, but when you have to drop a seventeen hundred and forty three dollar check into the mail on tax day, and Trump doesn't. It's a little hard for people to be like, good for him. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm going to send him $99 so I can have a digital version of lasers coming out of his eyes. <laughs> there, there's a story here that just continues to be fraud and criminality and not doing the things that other people do. And none of that sounds and feels presidential. And we've all right. gotten real tired of the show and of the game. Uh, and so, uh, if his if his taxes are released, that is death knell. I mean, <laughs> there's a reason he, he fought is so going hard to, to be irate. Yeah, that's right. That's Do you right. think this is something that actually convinces some of his most strident followers that he is a crook, or is this just another? No. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a witch hunt. They're out to no. get him. He's just a shrewd businessman. Yeah, you yeah you lose five seven ten percent of people that used to say you know he was he was really he was just good and he was capable and people just didn't see it to, you know okay maybe maybe it's not all there maybe it, that's what's going to happen to to people and I've watched it happen with loved ones of mine people that were you know Trump signs in their yards and then they're like okay yeah he just really shouldn't have done. I could start, it's just starting one little 
mm. caveat at a time. And once you take away his success from the whole thing, his financial success, and like he's got big loans to banks, and technically he doesn't have as much money as he said he did, and all of this, it just all starts to uh, give more moment of more pause to more people. So yeah, I, I, I do think. And that's why his numbers are down for should he run for office. The number of people that now say, I'm a never again Trumper. I was a mm. pro-Trump voter, but I'm a never again Trump because it's time to move on. And this is what's all leading into people saying, we're just, we're just done with the guy, which is why he launched his presidential campaign because he knows that that's happening, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. He knows that that's coming down, right? That's my view. So hats off to the, to the committee today and good luck for them. And if they can uh, dig out those taxes and make those publicly available in the next two weeks, that is, yep. and it's going to cause a crisis inside of Congress. That's going to yep. be a real Real problem. Um, so, you know, any other presidential candidate should probably release their taxes. Oh, no, that's okay. Everyone has. They do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's all right. I was, I was kind of worried uh, for a minute that maybe that was going to be a tit-for-tat problem. Yeah. But no, it's not yeah. a problem for anybody else. No. I mean, no. truthfully, say all we want about politics and about money. You go back in a line of our, of our presidents, you don't have wealthy business people, successful people in the American business enterprise as our presidents. They're not. Obama was paying off student loans while he was there. Bush was running on sort of family money and, you know, a part partial owner in a baseball, baseball team. Clinton really didn't have significant dollars. Bush dad was a CIA kind of government guy. Reagan was another person had a little career in polit in in being an entertainer, but then was spent his life in politics. And then you get back into Jerry Ford, and you get back into Nixon, and, and Jimmy Carter was just you know a governor of a small a small town and a fairly successful peanut farmer. Like you don't have people that are even as wealthy as senators and Congress people. They're not those, that, that's not who ends up vetted through the whole system. Like not everybody owns three houses, like, you know, um, some independent presidential candidates. So right. you, this is a problem that doesn't exist for anyone other than this criminal. Yep. Do you worry that he lives rent-free in our heads? <laughs> no, no, I'm choosing him. I choose him. I, I choose him every day. Invite him in because he's be, because heart. he's emblematic. He's emblematic yes. of so much more. So no, I I, yeah. I I don't. And he's still the biggest threat to the well being of the democracy yeah. of this country. And yes, and and he's a candidate for the presidency. And the system won't seem to be done with him. Yes. Yeah. And he put out NFTs of himself well, riding an elephant, and uh, hmm. just so amazing. He's a he is a circus show of unbelievable nonsense. <laughs> but he, but he also allows you to channel all the things that you know you think about the world because he's just in he's just like set in relief. It's, <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. Well, all hey, right. Well, big thanks to everyone Tuesday. in the chat. Yeah, thanks, wow. uh, Peggy, Alex, Kimberly. Margie. I saw Marjorie. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome back, Kev Joe. Kev it's been Joe. a while. Kev Thanks Joe for has the entered the chat. Yeah. Big. Uh, Kev Joe, big I think paragraph. you're cutting and pasting those, but still, <laughs> thank you. If you type that that quickly, I'm very impressed. Uh, Stephen, Deezy, 
Diana. Easy. Great name. Wow. What a fun and, name. Uh, Easy. Peggy says, I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. Oh, Thanks, Peggy. Peggy. Hey, aren't you Thanks, sweet. Peggy. Thanks, Peggy. Hey, you have a you have a very Merry Christmas and uh, and you know, suffer through darkness tomorrow. <laughs> everything's everything's gonna get brighter after tomorrow. Just hang in there. Yeah, clear blue morning. <laughs> Alex right, says we'll this conversation really got me worked up. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, That's sorry, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Okay, bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.